this is Champagne Divorce Party, where we talk to inspiring women who have turned their divorce into the best thing that ever happened to them. We're your hosts. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Gillian. We're best friends who have not only survived brutal divorces ourselves, but thrived in our lives post-divorce. And now we run Champagne Divorce Club, where we help women navigate their separation, heal their hearts, and transform their lives. Today we're joined by Jacinta Tynan. Jacinta is a journalist, former news presenter, columnist for Sunday Life magazine, and she's just started a new column with Body and Soul about spirituality, and she's an author. She's just published her fifth book called The Single Mother's Social Club, Inspiration and Advice on Embracing Single Parenthood, and she's a mother of two young boys. Welcome, Jacinta. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. No way. We're so glad you've joined us today. Um, We've obviously seen you and your thriving career as a journalist in the public eye, but we also love that you've taken your own personal experience and used it to connect with and inspire other women going through the same thing. It's really amazing. Um, And we can't wait to dive in and hear all, all about how you turned your separation into the best thing that ever happened to you. So how long has it been since you became a single mother? Well, it feels like yesterday in so many ways, but then it also feels like a lifetime. It's actually been five years since I left home with my two little boys. They were four and six at the time, and I look back at that too and think, gosh, they were so young. But as any woman knows who's listening to this, when that you're at that stage and you are making the decision to either leave a relationship or to end a relationship, you or, or if the relationship ends uh uh, from the other partner it's uh it, it's so hard when the kids are so little it's hard when they're any age actually but it's um it, it you don't you're just in survival mode and you're just taking one step in front of the other and it's only when you look back and think gosh they were just babies how did I do that yeah it's funny actually my my separation was five years ago and my kids were, were four and six as well and I had an older one as well so <laughs> There's a bit of symmetry there. Um, and can you talk us through those early days, you know, after that separation when you became a single mum? How are you feeling? What sort of, you know, what were your biggest challenges uh, just embarking on that single motherhood? I remember the first night in our new home like it was yesterday, just a really clear memory because I guess that was such a pivotal day. It's that those days when your life changes forever and you can really pinpoint it to that moment. That is the day that I became a single mother. That is the day that our life started in a different tra- trajectory. So I'll never forget that day. And it was uh, a mix of relief. I felt really proud of myself for getting it done, but also just in absolute logistical mode and survival mode because I left the family home with my two kids and I had, was moving into a rental apartment. So I didn't want the boys to see that move because I didn't want them to have a visual. I was very conscious if I don't want them to have a visual of the boxes and because that might be something that stays with them forever. You're, you're always sort of casting ahead to when they're in therapy at 25. <laughs> yeah, they are, by the way. I think, I think oh, everyone should do that, but you don't want it to be the thing that, that traumatised them. So I kind of had this time limit and I dropped one to school and one was at preschool and then I thought, okay, I've got till three to get out of here. So I had the air tasker van booked and then a lovely school mum, aunt school mum's the best, and a lovely school mum came and helped me move and I got I flew across to the uh, to the new home which was just completely empty, a rental apartment where we still are. I thought I'd be there for six months 
but here we are. And uh, I just, and I didn't have a lot of furniture because I wasn't taking a lot from the house. And so it didn't take a lot of time to move. And then I remember that, well, it was actually, it wasn't the first night because the first night there was no electricity. So we went to my brother's place and his family for the night, which I also write about in the book because it was that, I think that transition helped just to have that one night where it's not, you're not quite there yet and you get to have this night with this lovely family and and experience that warmth and connection then the next night here we were in this rental apartment my kids ran I told them we were leaving of course they ran in and they were excited because they thought it was a hotel because it was an apartment so they thought this was a hotel room because it kind of is the size of a room and so they made a reception sign for the front door and (laughs) asking me when we were checking out they kept saying when are we checking out where's the breakfast and, oh, it's got its own kitchen. And the, so they saw the novelty of that, which helped. And then I, I got them to bed. I didn't have a bed for them then. I didn't even have a couch. I didn't have a TV. And I didn't have much at all. And so I put them into, one of them went into my bed and the other one went into some camp mattresses that I brought over from the house and they were on the floor. Then I sat in the middle of the lounge room where I'm talking to you from now, actually. And there was no couch, as I said. Nothing was here. There was a table. And I sat in the middle of the empty room and I just breathed and sat in the silence and I I remember hugging my knees to myself I wasn't sad I just didn't know what I felt I was a bit numb but part of me was full of like I was flooded with relief of of this is this is happening I've done it and I was also a little bit worried about the emotional impact on my kids that I'd changed the course of their life and then dealt with all of that but I remember going into bed then getting in beside a cry stepped over my oldest son on the floor and I climbed in next to my youngest son into in my bed and I thought I was really I just felt really at peace and then I remember whispering and I write about this in the book but I whispered into the night just trust me just I just want your trust boys and they couldn't hear me of course but I just hoped it would sink in because many single mothers hearing this would know that that's what we're saying to our kids whether we say it out loud or whether we just feel it it's that just trust me I've got this Mm. oh my god so shedding a bit of a tear over here that's so beautiful and it's so true what you said about that these this big moment, this sort of, I remember having that big moment um, myself um, and, you know, being al- alone as a single mum for the first time and this huge impact that it had on my life and feeling so responsible, I guess, for my for my kids' happiness and, um, and there's something really wonderful about that and something, you know, really challenging at the same time. Um, what got you through those early days? Meditation. <laughs> but I talk about meditation a lot. You might think I'm joking, but it's a practice I've done since I was pregnant with my first son, who's now 11. So I've been meditating more than 11 years. And I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes, twice a day. And I swear that is the thing that, that gets me through. That is the reason why I'm not in fetal position on the floor a lot of the time. Well, certainly in those early days. What The other thing that got me through was seeing everything through the filter of my boys. And I think that's a a really important place to come back to every time for single mothers, no matter how you arrived here, is if you if you don't know how to behave, if you don't know what decision to make, I mean, or or what choices to make in a certain moment, come back to love every time and come back to the filter of what's best for my kids. Now, discipline might be best for your kids, you know, it doesn't mean being letting them get away with things, but I knew that what I was doing 
was the right thing for them. They didn't know it and they may not know that for a long time if ever, but you're playing the long game when you're going through separation and divorce. It's not. It's certainly not good in the moment. We all know that. So it's the long game. And that's what got me through and it still gets me through now because it's not over, is it? It's never over. And so I just kept coming back to that, that this is the best thing for them. It's the best thing for all of us and uh, and I'll always, I'll always revert to that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I think um, that's actually a mantra that comes out of my mouth just about every day in my house. It's a long game. <laughs> it's almost like serenity now, <laughs> playing a long game. <laughs> Um, but it's so important to keep in mind, you know, because um, some of the decisions we have to make are so hard and don't feel all that awesome in the moment. And, and you know, uh, we, we have a friend that loves to say the only way is through and it's so true, you know, you have to just sometimes just whack on your flippers and snorkel and, <laughs> you know, wade through some stuff. But um, what, what, when you, what, what were your biggest fears about, become, you know, delving into this single motherhood? You know, what were you worried about? Before I got there, what I was worried about was the logistics, the financials and the emotional impact. And that's all real. And I say to people around that, that's that's definitely there and it's not going to be easy. Don't think that you're going to step into this new life and it's going to take off. You have to brace yourself for a bit of adjustment and for struggle really. And that's sort of unavoidable because you are shaking up the trajectory of your life. But that's don't let that be the thing that stops you. So you will take a financial hit. I've taken a massive financial hit, and most of us will. There's very few that escape that, whether no matter how you arrived here. Uh, but and you do have to get your ducks in a row and get legal advice and make sure that you've got everything ready. Like don't you don't have to run out in haste until that's all. Or maybe some people do, but do be sensible, do be pragmatic, but don't let it be the thing that stops you because we all know women, I certainly do, who who literally will say to you, you know, in the, in the kind of silence of motherhood, they'll say, I'm staying, I'm miserable, but I'm staying because I want to keep the house or I want uh, my child to go to this school or I want them to have uh, uh, two parents in the home. I just, they're just not good enough reasons. Sure, we'll stay for other reasons, but not those. So don't let that stop you. And then... The other, the other fear that I talked about, the logistics, oh, gosh, don't worry about that. You'll get it together. And, and the community will come in and support you and you will find you've got resources you never knew you had and strength you never knew you had. So tick that one off. That's fine. And then in terms of the, the weight of responsibility of, of the emotional impact on your kids, that is still really big and that still goes on every day. But there's also a wonderful autonomy you get as a single parent where you get to control the environment in your home like a thermostat you get to set that environment and so that gives you the freedom to actually create a better emotional temperament for your kids and a, a better life for your kids and they'll come to thank us for that one day won't they surely one day <laughs> we hope so <laughs> um yeah that was actually one of the mantras that my psychologist um and I worked on which was uh, now I get to live life the way I want to live. Um, so that was a huge one for me, having that autonomy. Um, that really resonates with me and it's something I know that um, I've spoken to a lot of single mums who have said the same thing, like, you know, you really get to control your realm and, you know, when you stay in your lane and you control your stuff, it's very, very empowering and you feel really good about that. Um, so what what were you seeing 
in your future at that point? What did you want? You know, what did you expect? Where were you at there? I don't think I'd thought too far ahead on that, Jillian. I was in that real survival mode as, as we talked about and it was just one step in front of the other. But all I knew was that that I was able to change the course of our life at that point and so it had to be better than what we'd had. Life had to be better. One of the things I, I did really early on, I think it was the first day when we moved into our into our new home, which I write about again in the book, was that I made a code of conduct. I made a list with the boys of how we were going to behave in our house together. And that sounds simple, but it was a really important thing. I had fantasised about that for months, maybe even a couple of years. I'd fantasised about that. I can't wait till I can write that list. So I kind of had some of the points in my phone. And then I sat down with the boys with this piece of paper and said, we're going to write a list of the rules of our new home, which is what I called it with them and only Jasper could write at that time so Otis didn't write it but I got them both to sign it they could write their names and we wrote things like be kind to each other ask about each other's day be respectful they added things like no hitting because they were learning that at school (laughs) okay we've got that one that's a that's a no-brainer and uh, there was, there was. I've still got the list somewhere, but it was just all of those. Really, it sounds like really basic things, but it was mammoth. It was like a gargantuan thing for me because I couldn't determine any of that before. And that's the thing when you're in a partnership, you don't necessarily have autonomy over how the household runs. Now I could determine that. I could put these things on a piece of paper, and we could stick to that. I mean, the boys might go off course, but I could bring them back, remember our list. And so just ask about each other's day, such a simple thing, and look out for each other, such a simple thing. But I got to, I felt really free and really excited that I can actually write this down and know that this is how it's going to be. And I said to the boys, and I've said it to them often, that our front door is a magic portal, I used to call it. And I said, when you step through that door, this is the list that that we will abide by, but also when you step through through that door, I can guarantee that between these walls, and it really is about four walls, so between these walls you will get unconditional love and respect and peace and if things might go off track but they'll come back to that. So it's kind of like a guiding set of principles of how we could live our life, such incredible relief and freedom in being able to do that. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And so five years down the track now, how would you describe things have worked out for the three of you? Well, it's funny because we're still in the same apartment. So I'm I'm talking to you, looking around. I can still see the reception sign they made. It's a little faded, but I'm literally (laughs) looking at it right now. And I, so nothing much has changed. I have a couch. I have a TV. They now have a bed. There's a lot more paraphernalia that's been picked up along the way. And a lot of memories have been made in these walls which makes me emotional to say, and they've they've grown up here. Their height chart behind me shows that. Uh, but what? So so a lot so a lot hasn't changed in terms of the actual circumstances. But what has changed is is the incredible growth. And I'm not just talking about the height chart. Just all of us have, have grown so much. I've grown enormously as a person, and that's why I don't regret anything. I have, uh, I, I don't really recognize myself from the woman that I was before I left and the woman that I was when I first got here. And I can see my boys have obviously grown because children do. Their, their growth, their growth is just enormous, obviously between those ages, but they are also, I see that, that, that what they've been through 
and any single mother listening, you know, take heart from this because what kids go through is the making of them because they have, I say this to them as well, I say this to my boys, they've suffered a lot. They've gone through such enormous change and they've had to deal with so much and take on so much at their young age and that is awful for them and tough for them but it means that I say to them, when the when the stuff comes when you're older, when struggle hits you and when things happen, you've already exercise that muscle you've already got that and I see that in the incredible wisdom that comes out of their mouths not always let me tell you not always but they have these profound moments and they say these incredible bits of of advice and wisdom and that that actually help me and I look at them absolutely marvel at them and I think that's because you have struggled and suffered and you've seen uh, me go through things as well and so that's why you are the people you are today and then aside from the emotion there's just the stuff of kids of single parents are more likely to buck in and get the chores done because they have to we're all we're a team I need their help so I used to carry them up the stairs of our apartment and now I and, and I would carry them and the shopping and now they help carry the shopping and then they, they now have taken on more chores as they've got older and I just say to them there's no one else you guys have to help and so I think that will help shape them as well. Yeah, um, I've got an 11-year-old son and he is so um, brave and resilient and I love watching him grow um, and I've loved, I've loved seeing him really just become this amazing human over the last four years and it really has been quite amazing because I was so worried at first about them. I was so, so worried what would happen and seeing them is is incredible actually. Yeah, I, I think that there's that that saying too that, you know, our job as a parent is not to shield them from mm. from pain but to teach them how to manage it and deal with it. And I think um, you're right just into that, that it teaches them to be resilient. It gives them all of this emotional intelligence and and. Um, I have a, an older, I have a teenager who has been through some really tough stuff and he is the most incredibly resilient, he's way more emotionally intelligent than I am <laughs> at times. Um, and it pays off, you know, it's, it's, it's as much as we want to protect them from everything, it doesn't actually do them any favours. No, that's right. It's, uh, it's that going through the fire and coming out the other side, showing them that emotions have a beginning, a middle and an end and they get to live that out. Oh, I know the stuff that comes out of their mouth is just beyond my oldest one, Jasper, when he was maybe, oh, I wrote about it in the book, maybe he was about eight or nine. He said to me, Mum, did you know that endorphins are like the rescue mission for the soul? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> what? And so it's because he's seen me meditate. So he's mm. he knows that if you can get that that good chemistry going that it that it that it's of benefit, I guess. That's amazing. When's, when's Jasper's book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll be interesting to see which path they take. <laughs> but they also, uh, the kids will, they also see a child psychologist and I've done that from the beginning. I actually saw a child psychologist myself before I left home to work out how to have the conversations with them. And then from the minute that I left home, I started getting them to go. And I like that too because that's it shows them that they're seeking help for your emotions and your mental health is just a part of life. It's not something mm. to be ashamed of. And I tell them if they have to leave school to go to the appointment, you just can say that you're going to see a child psychologist and so that they'll have that with them for life as well, that knowing that that's all cool and normal. Mm, that's such a gift. Um, and 
The other gift is that you have turned your experience into inspiration for other single moms out there. Um, so can we talk a bit about the Single Mother Social Club? We know it's part uh, memoir and also contains a lot of amazing insights and wisdom and the advice of dozens of single mothers and experts um, that you spoke to for the book. And what made you decide to write the book and how has the response been? I wrote the book because I see this side of single mothers, which you would both see as well, where they are incredibly the resourceful, capable warrior women, aren't they? That's that's what we see. Mm-hmm. And that side of single motherhood is not necessarily represented. And they're superhuman and they should be revered and they should be respected. But there's still a slight stigma around single motherhood. It's it's not as overt as it was in our mother's generation, thank goodness, when they were called fallen women. If they had a, a child out, outside of wedlock, and that child the child was called illegitimate. I mean, the sort of language around it was insane. And then if you got divorced, then that was just absolute a moral conundrum. There, you were just ousted and ostracized for for getting divorced the only way you could be a single mother was if your husband died the only respectable way so that was a generation ago but so that's all changed thank goodness we have a laugh about that now but it is it's still there it's still I think single mothers are still looked down upon people don't say it it's less overt it's more insidious but it's there and so that was why really I wrote the book to capture those stories of single mothers and and present the side of them that we know so well that we see because single parents are the fastest growing family group in Australia and single mothers are almost 80% of those are run by single mothers so it's a huge part of the the population from divorce and separation that we're talking about today, but also widows and also single mothers by choice. And so I wanted to shift that stigma. And also I I couldn't find any other books out there about single motherhood. So there's a few memoirs around, but nothing that was like a resource book. So when you're a writer and you see a gap there, you think, well, I'll fill that gap because it needs to be filled. Mm, well, thank you very much for um writing that book because it's an amazing story and it's really inspiring. Um, And thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Jacinta. Um, We love how you've done so much and really made single motherhood the best thing that ever happened to you. Um, We're going to finish now with some questions. We've got five fast questions for you. You ready? Uh, Yes, I actually made some notes here so that I can (laughs) make sure that I did it justice. (laughs) Um, what was the hardest thing about what's the hardest thing about being a single mum? Uh, it is coming to terms with life not going on the trajectory that you thought it would and it's feeling like I've discussed before it's feeling that weight of responsibility of changing the course of your kids lives and feeling like it's it's all on you. Mm. Um, who got you through those darkest days? It wasn't a who, it was meditation. <laughs> meditation got me through those dark days and the incentive, and my boys, because the incentive to get it together for my boys and make the best choices for them, I actually dedicate my book to them and I say thank you for being my reason because they are, they were the reason, they still are, to, um, to, to dig deep and to make those changes, to go through the pain and the struggle instead of running from it. Mm. What's been your proudest moment as a single mum? Oh, there have been so many, just those little moments. You catch yourself and you think, gosh, look at me, I'm doing this, sort of looking down from above, just those moments when you've got 
both kids, you're trying to help them both with homework or homeschooling, as the case may be, and you've got dinner on and the, and the washing needs to come in and then you've got a deadline for work and and you're just getting it all done and I, I just sometimes feel so proud of myself. But also there was a, a really a pivotal moment, not a pivotal moment, a really a moment that I'll never forget when I got an opportunity to do a travel story in Flagstaff, Arizona, we went to see the Polar Express. We went on the Polar Express with the kids. And so there was me driving through the desert in Arizona on the wrong side of the road. Yes, it is the wrong side. And we were heading into this hot pink sunrise with the cacti, you know, the like you see in Roadrunner cartoons, silhouetted against the sky. And the two boys were in the back and I had no sat-nav but I was finding my way. And I just thought, wow, I've got this. Look at me, I've got this. And I just, that's the moments when I feel really proud that I'm doing it and it's not stopping me from living our life to the fullest. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, so what's been your biggest gift? My growth, absolutely. So I've always been on, I mean, if we call it the path of, of personal growth, but this being a single mother has given me that incentive to go further within and to find inner strength because there's no one else when you're a single mom. There's no one to defer to. And so, again, the children are the incentive because I think if you can, if you end a relationship and you don't have kids, you can just go back and repeat the patterns. We've all done that many times because it's so easy just to blame someone else or, or not realise there's an issue or not realise that it's a pattern at all. But when you've got children, there's so much at stake and we love our kids so much that we look at them and just think, well, I it's time I did the work and found out my role in this because I'm not going to repeat this again and I'm not going to make you suffer any more than you need to. So I've really gone through some really dark times and have really sunk into that. I've surrendered and I've done that work. I'm still doing that work. It's a, well, it's a lifelong thing, isn't it? But the, ev the evolution, the personal evolution, I've seen what I'm capable of and I know now that I am enough. I don't need that validation from outside. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's really powerful. I think I think as you say, it's it's work that never ends. But it's yeah, that's wonderful. And what advice would you give someone who is staring down the barrel of single motherhood themselves and maybe freaking out about what that means for them? I'd say, oh gosh, I hear you and I see you. That's the first thing, and that's the other reason I wrote this book so that women could feel validated and seen it is tough it is the toughest thing you'll possibly ever go through but don't waver from your inner truth so it, it will get easier and you will grow from this and you will come out better than before but only if you don't run from the pain so you have to you have to sink into that and the pain don't let that be too overwhelming because it's not it's not nothing it's nothing you can't handle it's just the pain of change and change is the best thing, I mean, I, I divided this book into three sections and the first part I called destruction because life will fall apart for a minute it, because it's it needs to. It has to fall apart for you to be able to create something else and just always come from a place of love in all of your dealings. That includes Thanks love for yourself because love party. wins you're going through in the a end. tough breakup and would like support from industry mm. experts and a community That's amazing. of like um, women. Oh, thank you again for joining us, Jacinta. Um, now, if people want to get their hands on time. the Single Mother Social Club, how can they do that? All good bookstores. And, <laughs> <laughs> and also my social media channels will give you the links as well, at Jacinta Tynan. 
Wonderful. Thanks again for joining us and cheers to you. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks, Carolyn. Such a pleasure to chat with you both.